Good morning. It is 11.07 on a Think Tank Thursday. Uh, GDP numbers, uh, final revision is out, and it ain't good. Also, uh, have you been hearing this story about fentanyl uh, coming out in uh, rainbow of colors? First, you already know where I stand on the whole fentanyl thing. If you want to stop China from sending fentanyl-laced uh, anything, pills, marijuana, whatever, uh, into the United States, simply legalize drugs. Now their market is shot. There's no underground market to sell to. And they're out of business. It's, it's I mean, it just, it's just plain logic. Somebody wants to get an opiate, an opioid, they should be able to go to the drugstore, buy what they want. And then if there's a problem, it's with them, not the rest of society. We don't have to foot the bill uh, in terms of blood and death uh, as, as the bad guys circumvent law enforcement. And it really takes the the whole point of of China sending us fentanyl laced uh, goods that it, it just it takes away their market. Well, nobody's going to buy it if they can go into a drugstore and get what they want. It's just simple, easy to understand, irrefutable logic. That said, apparently somebody is uh, making. Uh, these opioids and in with bright colors, uh, blue, green, yellow, um, orange, uh, dark red, pink, and they're fentanyl. And everybody is using the kids angle. Uh, and there is a piece at Reason Magazine that I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, the author writes, I'm skeptical that dealers would try to target children where there's not an existing market. Uh, this is actually uh, Sally Satel, an addiction psychiatrist and resident fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. What's more, young kids are a true lost leader because without a significant tolerance for opioids, the chances of overdosing are huge. Few would survive and come back for more. And where would little kids get the money? It's not to say the colors aren't possibly designed to make the pills more attractive in general. Heroin packets, for instance, come stamped with all kinds of edgy names and images. It's a way to brand your stuff, says Riley Capps, who writes about drugs for the Washington Post. According to Capps, people at raves will peddle different shapes and colors of ecstasy. Some pills are shaped like Mickey Mouse, some are branded Tesla, and so on. This, uh, these undoubtedly appeal to a certain segment of the market, but that segment is not children. Um, but that's what's selling in the media. It's children. But that's not who these are targeted for. Uh, and it, would, it wouldn't make sense for them to get them in the hands of children. But it does, you know, make the uh, the drug war more saleable to the general public. Oh, my God, they might be giving fentanyl to little kids. Uh, no. Candy-munching kids are not the target. And scaring parents into thinking otherwise 
is frankly not a good idea. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Gene, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Doing good, Gary. Glad you were able to take my call today. I just wanted to say, you know, I listen to you a lot, and I think we agree on almost everything. But as far as legalization of drugs, that's... That's a big subject, but I don't believe that legalizing drugs is, will ever solve the problem. And, and I'll give you a couple examples. Alcohol and cigarettes right now are legal. Uh -huh. But there's still a market of people who are buying those and selling them to underage kids who can't get them. Uh -huh. And so we, we have two problems with legalizing these things. Number one, the government tab in the long run is going to have a lot more people that get addicted to them because if, if fentanyl is legal... Uh, I've had friends who've had fentanyl in the hospital, and they tell me that the uh, feelings you get from it are incredible. So if it's legal and we let people just walk down to the drugstore and buy it, uh, we're, I think we're going to have a lot more people sitting around disabled, which you and I are going to have to pay the bill for. Uh, legalizing drugs that uh, is going to make it easier for people looking to make a profit to buy and then resell the children uh, that's going to be a whole other market. And as we see in states where they have high taxes, which let's be honest, you and I know if the government legalizes anything, they tax it to death. All right. And Gene? so there's, uh, there's always going to be a market for, just like they bootleg cigarettes in Illinois, there's always going to be a market for dr uh, tax-free drugs. Uh, they, they, let's, let's take this one step at a time. You have two choices. You can either have law enforcement and people who have nothing to do with drugs dying because of the drug war, or you can have drug addicts that might die because there is no drug war. Who would you choose? Well, you know, law enforcement in in itself, when you enter that line of work, you realize that you are putting I your didn't, life No, 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 you're digressing. Gene, you're digressing. You have two I'm, choices. I'm not it's either innocent people who have nothing to do with the drug war and endangering law enforcement or a drug user overdosing. Which would you prefer, who would you prefer to see uh, a, whose life in, uh, should be endangered? I personally would rather see law enforcement, and even I would say that if I had family in law enforcement, because you are going to create a scenario where there are many more young kids who are subjected to these things, and if we're talking about innocent people dying, I mean, I'll be honest with you, my personal opinion about how you solve the drug war is you become just like Hong Kong, and if they catch you and you're a dealer, you're dead now. And I know that sounds harsh, but... Yeah, but you we, know what? We, we, well, we, here, let me just explain something to you. If in Hong Kong they still have a drug problem, then that means killing them doesn't do the trick. The drug use in Hong Kong is very limited compared to here. Yeah, it, it, there's a reason. There's fear well, that, involved that, in the industry. You know, you're, you're excusing societal pressures for legal pressures, but let me ask you this. What if I told you that we have roughly the same percentage of population using drugs today that we did at the turn of the last century in spite of all of the shootings, all of the gang wars, all of the money. It's the same percentage of the population using drugs. Would that change your mind? Now, are you talking uh, at 1900 or at uh, 1900 mark? Go back to 1900, we got the same percentage. You can go to 1960, same percentage. You can go what to you, today. What, what are you classing as drugs in those stats? Any any of these pharmaceuticals like uh, 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 
not just marijuana, but uh, what was it the uh, Chinese were using? Uh, the fentanyl. No, the Chinese were using. Oh, uh, o- 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 opium. Uh, yeah, they're, they're using opium. They're using heroin. They're using. We got the same percentage of illicit drug users today as we did 120 years ago or six, 60 or 70 years ago. So, in spite of spending all of that money, in spite of all of the innocent blood that has been spilled, we have the same percentage. Does that change your mind? I guess I'd really have to look at the stats before I'd know that. I just know this. When we look at places like Colorado, if it's true, where they legalized, Gene, wait, Gene, if it's true, what I just told you, would it change your mind? If it was really true and nobody yes. was monkeying the numbers, yeah, possibly. But we possibly. have case studies. But we have case studies like Colorado where we've legalized drugs and we see all these new problems coming from it. Uh, I mean, I'll, I think you and I agree on one thing. How do we take the the market away from the drug dealers? It's it starts in the family. It well, has you're to right. In the family, if mom and dad are not going to take care of their kids and teach them right and wrong and and look over them. Uh, we will never solve the drug problem because if it's not drugs, it'll be alcohol. It'll always be something that these kids are looking for. Uh, I, I agree with you. Legalizing some things would probably help. I don't think it's going to solve the problem. I don't think there's anything we can do to solve the problem besides get the nuclear family back intact and have parents that actually pay attention to their kids, where the kids are at, and and care about their children enough to invest the time in them. I don't disagree with you on any of that. You're exactly right. But let's look at the war on alcohol. Do you remember how that turned out? I know. <laughs> right? And, 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 and once again, legalizing it hasn't solved the problem. Right, but it hasn't made it worse. No. It was much we, worse when it was illegal because we had drive-by shootings and gang wars over turf. Same sort of right. things we have now. But here's the interesting yeah. question, Gene. You believe in the Constitution? I do. All right. When they banned alcohol, how did what did they have to do to ban alcohol? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't studied that enough to be able. To All right, I'll help you with that, this because yeah. it'll come to you when I as soon as I say it. They yeah. amended the Constitution of the United States. It's it was the it was prohibition. They had to amend the Constitution to do that. Right. You're familiar with that, right? Correct. Okay. Which amendment to the Constitution banned drugs? You know, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I can help you. There was none. There is none, and it's unconstitutional. All right, I'm going to give you a website, and I hope that you'll go there. Okay. It's leap.cc. Leap.cc. Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. These are all former and current drug warriors uh, in, in law enforcement who have been in the trenches. Take a look at what they have to say. I'll be glad to check it out. All right, Gene, thank you for a great conversation. I really appreciate it. You too, sir. Have a good day. Take care. All right, up against the clock. Quick break. We'll be back. It is the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1122. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Boy, Wisconsin, uh, this is uh, interesting. It is uh, from the Daily Caller. Planned Parenthood advocate, gender clinic doctor, helped craft the Wisconsin school's sex education curriculum. A Wisconsin public school district teaches kindergartners about genitalia, thanks in part to an external committee 
that includes a doctor who promotes chemical castration of teens and a Planned Parenthood activist, according to uh, records, uh, according to records reviewed by the Daily Caller. Uh, the school district um, a new human growth and development curriculum in August uh, that includes lessons on genitalia and gender identity for kindergartners. The new curriculum teaches kindergartners about gender identity and expression by reading books like Sparkle Boy and Not All Princesses Dress in Pink. Five-year-old students are also required to point out the penis and vulva as well as nipples, butts, anuses of boys and girls according to a PowerPoint from the district's curriculum. Uh, get your kids out of government schools. The curriculum was approved in part by a committee of external stakeholders as required by both Wisconsin law and the school board policy. The district's external committee was tasked with choosing the organization that created the Human Anatomy PowerPoint for five-year-olds. Five-year-olds don't need this. And if you really want your five-year-old to get engaged in pointing out genitalia, then you teach them. What are we doing to kids? We are making them victims of, of, of sexual perversion. Look, I love sex as much as the next guy. I've done some wild things. But I don't believe kindergartners need to engage in this. This is insanity. I'm not a prude. I'm telling you this, but this is this goes way beyond. They considered using a sex ed YouTube channel that teaches kids about pornography and abortion to craft their standards. The external committee played a major role in pushing for students to learn about sex and gender identity in mixed gendered groups. This is inserting an idea into the minds of five and six year olds that will manifest itself in ways you can't even imagine. Two of the health care professionals listed as members of the external committee have clear motives for promoting the LGBT agenda in public schools. Shallon Malnery, uh, Cybernagel, I think is the name, is an annual giving officer for Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin. According to her resume, uh, she is an ardent supporter of the LGBT agenda and offers gender-affirming affir hormone therapy to children as young as 16. Jacqueline Smith, another committee member, works as a psychologist at Children's Wisconsin Gender Health Care uh, Health Clinic and appears to approve of chemical castration of minors. According to the hospital's website, Smith is a member of the World's Professional Association for Transgender Health which does not recommend any minimum age for beginning transgender surgeries and hormones. This is just screwing up the minds of kids. Homeschool, I'm telling you, homeschool. Uh, to Perry, Missouri, David, welcome. How are you? Hey, just fine, Gary. Boy, you know how to raise up people's blood pressure, don't you? Well, isn't this insanity? 
Well, I'll tell you what. It goes back to the deal where you let the nuts run in that house. You know, yeah. we are, here we are again. You know, 6.8 of all the so-called, uh, you know, abnormals uh, are getting involved in our system and stuff. And when you, you're really reaching not only the high school, now you're reaching to the depth of kindergarten and stuff. When you do that, that is way beyond comprehension. What is this? Grooming, pedophilia, name it. You know, 20 years ago, these people had been put in jail, fired, whatever. What happened to all this uh, uh, deal? You know, they, they, nothing nothing should be normal here. These people should be fired, thrown in jail. I don't care what. You know, they, uh, p- parents, if you have two parents, uh, they should be right up in that school system and all over it. Uh, you know, the, you know, they should be taking care of business. You know, you know, you, you talk about homeschooling this and that. Our public education, not everybody can do that, Gary, but one thing they can do, take care of their kids and take care of the schools they proudly went to school at several years ago and take their school back like they should. You know, I've got a, a problem with the immorality of the funding mechanism for public schools. I, I think it's immoral for me to be forced to pay for your kids' education, so I don't like it at that level. But I think if the government were out of education, it would become far more versatile. There would be way fewer dollars involved in getting an education. And you'd get a better education. I agree to that point due to the fact that when we're so far down the food chain with 36 in the world and we pay so much more for each kid, yeah, we... uh, Well, to begin with, parents need to be uh, taking care of the teacher that come in. You know, you can't have a good coach and expect a good team. You know, and if you have lousy teachers, you'll have lousy kids. This really really starts at the college level. It does. Because these liberal professors are indoctrinating liberals uh, and making them, uh, these these kids uh, who are going into teaching liberals, and it just perpetuates the myth that, uh, you know, transgenderism and all this nonsense is real. If you need to be, if you need a good, want a good school, you need to vent the teachers first. You know, these small schools, they vent teachers. And if they don't, shame on them. You know, you, you, you need to know who these people are before they come up there and teach your kids. Because you cut them loose with the kids, this is what happens. All right. David, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. And this is happening in some areas around the country where Republicans and conservatives uh, are running for school board and they're winning. And I would love to see that happen in Boone County. I would love to see that happen in Columbia. I would love to see that change. Won't be perfect, but it would be a lot better. And you, you do have a problem with getting rid of teachers because of the unions. You find a teacher with a bias uh, that's indoctrinating kids, you're going to have a hell of a fight getting rid of them. The system is just totally screwed up. All right, GDP coming up next. The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
GDP. That'll be uh, coming up in a few seconds. Biden admonishes an entire industry like they're a bunch of children, insultingly. And Brian tries to get me in divorce court. What? Okay. Well, this was your idea. No, I'm just, you know, trying to help with another idea. I know you have an issue with your cat. That, I don't uh, have a cat. My wife has a cat. Well, it's in your house, right? Uh, sadly. He's part of the family then. No, he's not. Oh, he's he just is, her yeah. cat. You just uh, If my wife yet. knew, if she really understood the depth to which I despise that cat, <laughs> she would probably, possibly, not get rid of it. She knows I hate the cat. She just won't. She And she asked me, she said, should I get rid of the cat? Oh, no. I am not going to tell you to do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, When you've had enough, you get rid of the cat. But I am not going to be the one to tell you. But I desperately wish you would get to the point where she just gets rid of the damn thing. So you didn't horrible. like the idea that I... No. Well, you. let me tell you. Brian pointed me to a Newsweek story. Where apparently uh, some uh, somebody's husband uh, sold his wife's cat uh, in a viral Reddit post uh, published. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, they said their husband recently became enraged by the cat's presence and revealed how his hasty actions left him without a home and without a spouse. Uh, apparently, uh, this woman said they'd been together for two years. We had a beautiful cat named Molly, whom he did not have any issues with until recently. Continuing to explain, the husband was suddenly annoyed by the mere presence of the cat. The original poster said they were perplexed by the sudden shift in opinion and couldn't help but ask what happened. The original poster also said that after learning their husband's true feelings toward cats, it was clear that something or someone had to go. I replied to his complaints asking why he was... Just bringing it up now that we've been we've had the cat for a year now, he went off and started yelling about how he put up with the cat because he loved me, and then he couldn't bear to break it to me that he hates cats. So I agreed to give the cat to my cousins as I knew they would take. See, now he's if 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 this happens, she gives up the cat because he pressured her to. She's forever going to hold that against him. And that's why I'm not telling Gwen to get rid of the cat. No, not going to go there. Uh, so I agreed to give up the cat to my cousins as I knew they would be take great care of her. He seemed on board and I trusted him. The next morning the cat was gone. I originally thought she had escaped or ran away until my husband told me that he sold her to a random person on Gumtree. I was furious and kicked him out. Pets are an important part of life for people all over the world and in some cases treated like an extra family member. Not everyone is as adoring, and for some, an animal in the house is just that and nothing more. So apparently they're, they're getting a, a, a divorce. <laughs> and, and then you, you suggest to me that I try this tactic? Oh, I'm sure that wouldn't happen like twice. I mean, you know, you could give it a shot. And well, that you know that give it a shot thing. Uh huh. You do know she has more guns than me <laughs> and is a better shot than me. No, no, she's got to come to that conclusion on her own. You know, you were joking the, the last time we were talking about this. You just accidentally leave the door open, and when she gets home, it's like, oh, geez, I'm sorry. Cat must have gotten out. Yeah. You know, 
thank you, Brian. Uh huh. Because if something does happen like that, <laughs> if I do step out on the deck and that damn thing gets loose, the world is going to think I did it on purpose. <laughs> well, I know that you would have done it on purpose. If, if the cat got out, would you go and get it? You know, you yeah, see? I would. <laughs> you no, would not. I'd go out and get the damn thing. Yeah, would you? It's, yeah, wow. it's my wife. I love my wife. I don't want her to be angry at me. <laughs> I'm not saying how hard I'd search for the cat, but I'd... <laughs> here, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> if he doesn't respond to that, well, that's life in the big city. All right, let's 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 move on. So much for me and that damned cat. The final uh, second quarter GDP report is here, according to uh, Town Hall, and it's not good. The third and final estimate for U.S. GDP in the second quarter was released today, showing the economy with a 0.6 negative growth. The third estimate of the GDP released today is based on more complete source data than were available for the second estimate issued last month. In a second estimate, the decrease in real GDP was also at 0.6%. The update primarily reflected an upward revision to consumer spending that was offset by downward revision of exports. Imports, which are subtraction in the calculation of GDP, were revised down. This week's report matches the second estimate, released in August, ending the quarter slightly better than the first quarter uh, estimate uh, that was released in July. It showed 0.9% contraction in the U.S. economy. Thursday's final report shows negative growth following a reported 1.6% contraction in quarter one, uh, the definition of a recession. Uh, not a recession yet. Uh, well, yeah, it is. It's two. No, two. no it's no? not yet. Uh-uh. Well, the Biden administration insists that the U.S. is not in a recession by pointing to, well, according to the Town Hall magazine, misleading indicators like the labor market that are expected to buckle under pressure of inflation and the Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. There's no sign that relief for Americans and the larger economy are coming soon. We, we are going to see those jobs numbers start, uh, the unemployment numbers start to go up. It's inevitable. Uh, I think mortgage rates now are up to 7%. You know, at 5%, 6%, you're somewhere in the norm. Once you get beyond 5 or 6%, you're starting to go into, oh, my God, I can't afford that house territory. Uh, you know, we've, we got spoiled by having these unusually low interest rates. Now things are starting to turn around, and it's going to hurt home sales. Uh, it's going to start slowing things down. Just just imagine the, your market has shrunk. The people who could afford your house at 3 or 4% are seeing this huge increase to 6 or 7 Suddenly, they're priced out of the market. So I'm... I'm thinking the feds are going to uh, interest rate, uh, they're going to do another hike. We'll see how things pan out, but I, I think there's going to be another hike. And uh, boy, are people going to be upset at the price of everything. Just not good. Hey, the Food and Drug Administration has a new definition of healthy. 
Food and Drug Administration announced new rules for nutrition labels that can go on the front of food packages to indicate that they're healthy. Because somehow we've given them the power to mandate what goes on the label of somebody's product. <clears throat> Under the proposal, manufacturers can label their products healthy if they contain a meaningful amount of food from at least one of the food groups or subgroups, like fruit, vegetable, or dairy, uh, recommended in the dietary guidelines. They must also adhere to specific limits for certain nutrients, such as saturated fats, sodium, and added sugars. For example, a cereal would need to contain three-quarters of an ounce of whole grains and no more than one gram of saturated fat, 230 milligrams of sodium and 2.5 grams of added sugars per serving for a food manufacturer to use the word healthy on the label. Brian, when did you give the government the uh, ability to do that? When did you give them the capacity to decide what healthy eating is? Uh, let me think. Uh, I don't think I did that. No. No. No, I don't think I did either. The labels are aimed at helping consumers more easily navigate nutrition. Find out what you want in your food. If there is no label, don't buy it. If there is a label and it has what you want, buy it. Well, why do we have the Food and Drug Administration mandating this crap? It's the you're too stupid clause that they oh. added. Oh, I, I missed yeah. that. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. That was my mistake. Uh, speaking of the you're too stupid, let's talk about Biden. But we'll do it right after some important messages. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 11.50 and a message uh, goes out to Kathy who sent me a message. Uh, she said, uh, be careful or you'll end up on Brian's couch. No, Kathy, he has cats too. <laughs> so no, I, I, I'll be in the, like uh, sleeping under the car probably. But, uh, no, I'm not going there, that's for sure. Well, the cats kind of own the couch, so you'd have to sleep with the cats. It's... I'd rather be sleeping with the fishes, uh, and, and I might if that happens. Anyway, uh, President Biden warned oil and gas companies against increasing uh, prices for consumers. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud, what a moron this guy is. Do not, let me repeat, do not. Can you almost imagine one of your is parents he... wagging an index finger at you? Yes, uh huh. Do not. Let me repeat, do not. Use this as an excuse to raise gasoline prices or gouge the American people. Or by, you know, by God, I'll... I don't know. It's just so stupid. First, a word about gouging. It's a, it's a little economics lesson, and we've told it before, but just so you know. If you have a natural disaster, a tornado, a hurricane, huge fire, whatever happens, and there is a shortage of anything... Gouging is the best thing that could happen. If you have a shortage of gasoline or wood or lumber or, or water, whatever it is, and retailers crank the price up because they've got a limited supply and an unlimited demand. These are the immutable laws of economics. When somebody goes to buy, for instance, gasoline or lumber or water, whatever it is, they won't fill up their tank. Geez, at these prices, let me get just enough to get done what I need to get done. Because it's just way too expensive. 
What does that mean? Well, that means then that there is still gas left in the underground tank for the car behind him to get some gas. So it it forces people to conserve, to buy less lumber, to buy less. They don't want to waste a drop of it. They don't want to waste a bit of it because it's so expensive. But more importantly, like, uh, you know, like Batman with the light that they shine up in the sky, the it's a it's a call to the rest of the nation. Hey, they need lumber down in Florida. And they're selling this lumber for five, six times its price. I can load up a truck and go down there, undercut that price, and still make a profit. So those high prices literally increase supply. And eventually enough people bring enough product to the market that the prices level out and it's no longer profitable and it stops. Prices come down, everybody is is saved. When you say, well, we're, we're going to write some law and arrest you because you decided to sell something that you own at a price that we don't like, then you end up with people wasting. If I can buy this gas or this lumber in the midst of this hurricane at the same price I would have paid without this natural disaster, I'm going to fill the tank. Nothing stops me. It's affordable. The guy behind me, screw him. I got mine. And you run out of resources. But worse, you no longer send that signal to the rest of the country to bring those goods here. Why should I why should I load up my truck with lumber and drive down to Florida if I'm not going to make any money? So price gouging in a disaster is actually a good thing. It's how the free market responds to the pressures of supply and demand. It's really not very complicated. But apparently it escapes legislators everywhere. Well, we got these anti-gouging laws in, in Missouri. They should be eliminated. They really, they should. You should be allowed to gouge. It's your product. You sell it for what you want. And you know, if you, if you overdo it, if you overdo it, people will remember that. And that'll hurt you in the long run. Perfect. Perfect solution. Uh, did Randy Tobler, Brian, yesterday talk about the helmet law? Uh, we we talked about that a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of in the same uh, camp as you were. As really? Far as, yeah. Pretty much. Wow. I mean, we, we got to talking about uh, insurance and whether or not there should be a liability there. Or not a liability, but should the insurance companies charge a higher price for motorcyclists that don't want to helmet up that kind of thing yeah but um yeah it was an interesting discussion tobler's an interesting talk show host he is yeah yeah he's not Uh, right down the line with you and me but we never are we never agree on everything well that's why i think it's you know his right to be wrong that's why i enjoy talk radio because you get to hear (laughs) so many different opinions and uh you know, I'm always right. Of course, you're, you know, 
mostly right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk radio is kind of like, you know, in the old days, uh, guys would uh, would go to the, uh, the, the, the hardware store and sit around the stove and drink coffee and talk about what was going on and... And that's kind of what talk radio is. Pretty much, yeah. A chance for you to sit down and kind of chat about things that are going on. And uh, what's really interesting is when you get a caller, they call in, and they seldom do. But, you know... Uh, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait a minute. No, seldom right. seldom call was, in? Or seldom. I was going to say a caller with a left-wing perspective oh. that says government should control everything. <laughs> Those calls really make... For oh, I love them. It's interesting days, yes. I absolutely love them. That's, it's fun if you disagree with me. We had a caller that disagreed with me on the drug war earlier today, and it was it was an enjoyable conversation. Uh, and I encourage people who disagree to call. Or, or send me a message. Go to GaryNolan.com. You can send me a message. It'll pop up right here in studio. Uh, tomorrow is Frost Your Buns Friday. And it's an amazing contrast uh, because the morning show with Brandon Rathard, it's, what is it? What does he call it? It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. No, no, no. I know that. Oh. Oh, Fridays. Oh. They're. they're, they're it's uh, uh, Red Friday. What? It's their Red Friday. You know, we're red. No, 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 no. On Friday, I do Frost Your Buns, but Brandon yeah. Rathard and Wake Up Mid-Missouri uh, he does uh, something, what does he call it? Good News Friday or I forget. Happy Friday or something. It's really memorable, folks. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> we'll remember it as soon as we go off the air. <laughs> that's, that's a Biden moment for you. I hear him do this every Friday and, it, and it's escaped me. Oh, Lord. But it is. It's a great show to start your day with. And then on Saturday, we got Gary on Guns. And I believe this Saturday, um, we're going to have um, the, the full interview with Dr. John Lott. Uh, and then uh, we did an interview. I chatted and I recorded this, uh, an interview with uh, the host of Bearing Arms. Uh, he is really, really knowledgeable on the Second Amendment and gun laws. Uh, that's uh, Cam and company. So we got all that coming up. Glenn Beck is next. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home. <laughs>